to another episode of Small Spots Possible. My name is Jason Robinson, the chief window washer and founder of Free Radical Labs, located proudly in uh, Athens, Georgia, over by the mall. Today, I want to talk about an uncomfortable subject, and that being failure, uh, and really thinking about uh, kind of the take-home message in, in business is that failure is not an option, but it is a possibility. There is a non-zero uh, percentage of a chance that things aren't going to work out the way you want them to. And I, I, I do believe 2020 taught us that. Um, I'm not going to lump this in as kind of a 2020 year in review, but I, I really want, I, I really hope that you open yourself up to the idea of no matter how great your idea is, no matter how much you plan, no matter how much research, no matter what you've done in preparing the execution of whatever your endeavor is, there is a chance that it is going to fail. And again, 2020, there were some great things that were set up, ready to launch, perfect marketing, perfect product placement, sponsors, influencers, everything ready to go, but there's no audience. There's nobody there. Think about all of the concerts that didn't happen. Think about all of the other live entertainment, sporting, all everything else that just didn't happen according to plan. And as a business owner... I think it's important for you to realize that, yes, you need to prepare because there's the old, there's a bunch of adages about planning and cliches and everything else surrounding that. But ultimately, you need to be prepared for things to go left. And 99% of the time, 99.5, 99.9% of the time, they may not go left. You may have the best planning, the best processes in place, but there may be that exigent weirdness that happens that causes, that sets everything on its head. And again, 2020 was, was great. Nothing like uh, a pandemic to show you that the best laid plans of man can be stopped by, you know, some, a virus. It's not even a living thing. But... I think today I really want to focus on not necessarily the fact that things don't work out, but it's really how do you get up from when things work out? Because I can, I can tell you literally a million things that have gone wrong in the evolution of Free Radical Labs um, over the years that we've been in business. But everything there has, in everything there has to be some sort of lesson. There has to be something to look at to say, you know what, next time we're going to do it, we're going to do it better. Because, you know, there's the old adage, it's not about how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get back up. And in business, that's true. Clients don't want to pay, product product just doesn't work, um, things are late, uh, we just got through with a bunch of bad weather, that delay, that threw a monkey wrench in a bunch of our plans. Um, all of these things can happen. And so in, in the day-to-day machinations of whatever it is you do, whether you, you cut grass or you cut hair. All of these things can have some effect on your business. But if you take the time, if you take a little bit of time and kind of step outside of that personal feeling and look at it as objectively and as dispassionately as you can, there is so much to learn from some of the most spectacular failures um, that, that you have in business. And even I, I can tell you, when Free Radical Labs started, we really thought that we could position ourselves geographically to be a, a great supplier of science and STEM-related kind of toys and gadgets and knickknacks, kind of like your local, kind of like a local Radio Shack. 
And I thought it was going to be great because when I looked at all these distributor maps, I saw that, hey, there's a hole, there's a Georgia-sized hole right in Georgia. And it's really kind of in the southeast that there were, there were no distributors. And we came up with this idea, okay, we're going to carry stock in all of these major kind of STEM brands. And then what we're going to do is we're going to offer competitive shipping, and it's going to be fast. So you don't have to worry about – if you live in the south, you don't have to worry about um, – you know, getting something shipped from Colorado, getting something shipped from California, getting something shipped from New York, we were going to basically utilize the postal service for affordable shipping um, and and a reasonable timetable. And we that was what we thought would be our competitive advantage was going to be the fact that we are local. We you know we participated in local events, we did fairs, we did all sorts of things to kind of build the name. And then we discovered there's this thing called Amazon. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Amazon.com, but they can crush you. And what we found was there were so many products that were so similar to ours, but they were cheaper. And the product would have free shipping, and it would be cheaper than our price plus shipping. And they were guaranteeing two-day two day shipping. And a lot of these products were, you know, they were the similar spec. They were coming out of China. They were being warehoused here in the U.S. And that absolutely destroyed us because the local market alone wasn't enough to sustain us. There wasn't, we couldn't, we could mark our products up to kind of fill the gap, but then we would lose the sales because no one wanted to pay that high a markup because ultimately they were just going to, oh, oh, okay, I can get the same thing, you know, I can get the same thing from Amazon. So after some, after some capital acquisitions and some equipment that kind of was tangential to that, that's really how we got into the, into the, the marketing game because we had all this equipment and it's like, yeah, this is great for doing, um, great for doing science stuff, but there is also a market to, you know, to customize things for people and the kind of t-shirt thing just kind of fell into our lap. And so it was, a lot of this was born out of kind of the failure to look at the obviousness of what's going on. I personally have been an Amazon customer. I checked the other day since 1998 when they just sold books. I mean, I was ordering books from them when I was in college. And so I didn't see that my biggest competitor, I was supporting my biggest competitor frequently. So what we had to look at as a business was, this isn't working, but we've got something that can. And when we looked at the market share and we looked at, we looked at you know, who's doing this around us, there wasn't really anyone specifically in our wheelhouse that was, that was near us. And that's where we've kind of fallen into kind of our niche in that, yes, there are other places where you can go get a, you know, you can go get a t-shirt made. And we don't normally deal in a of anything. We like, you know, we like bulk. We like being able to warehouse and distribute. But for some of our our smaller customers and just people that come in and say, hey, I just need one of these things done, we like to provide that service. But ultimately, it was a better move for us because there was there was so much pride initially in what, you know, our mission. We were so excited about sharing, you know, our love of science uh, with people and being able to tinker and be able to break things apart and turn them into new awesome things, it hurt when it just looked like, man, we're just getting killed out here. And there was a real sense of failure in that we it was the blind spot that we had. We didn't see that our that we we were 
we could not compete with a billion-dollar giant. We just couldn't. And even since then, there have been product launches, products that we ordered, all sorts of things that we have done that have not worked out. So you have to ask yourself, what went wrong and how can we stop it from happening again? You can't have that pity party when things go wrong. You just you just can't. It's like there's no crying in baseball. There, You can't sit and you can't languish in those moments where things just go left. And they will and they do. I mean, we've had $1,000 orders that come in and you're like, hey, we've got this great new product for a client. And you get it. And it's dirty and it's disgusting and you have to send it out for post-processing and, and, and that's just extra cost that you, you, weren't, you weren't prepared for. And then you start to think, okay, what went wrong and how can I do better? In all the years that I've spent in corporate America, I've seen every type of paint and stickers slapped onto this notion of continuous improvement. This idea of I'm going to do something, I'm going to see what happened. And then I'm going to try and do it better again. That same rinse and repeat iteration, call it whatever you want, whatever certifications you want to give. It's this really it's a scientific approach and it's an iterative approach to we are going to do what we can to do this thing better every time. And and you don't need you don't need to spend all this money as a small business owner to go get some certification um, in terms of. To, to learn how to, to improve. You just have to have something, some system, some some process that you that you kind of follow that lets you improve. Because if you don't, what's going to happen is you're going to find yourself making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And you have to be able to say, you know what, we need to get past this because if you can get those, you know, they use the term low-hanging fruit. If you can work out your processes or whatever you do, whether you cut grass or you cut hair, whatever you're doing, if you have those mistakes that you're making that you can correct, that's going to let you dive down deeper into those other things that are stopping you from being as successful as you can be. We can call it this mathematical level of success that, you know, it's the best that you could mathematically do in your business. So failure isn't, it's not what we want but it's a necessary part of life. It is a necessary part of business. And I think in the modern society, I think we are so used to things working that we have become intolerant to failure, which I think in, in some degrees we should be, but in others, we don't look at the lessons that we can learn when things don't work out. We're just so used to this kind of single-serving you know, once it breaks, I just throw it away kind of mindset. And you can't carry that, you can't carry that into your business. You, you have to be able to say, okay, what went wrong? Perfect example. We had a client, we have a client that wrote a book. We mailed out two copies of their book to somebody. And that somebody wrote us a nasty, nasty email thinking that for some reason, as a joke, we just sent them a label. And they sent us a picture of the label, and, and we said, yeah, that's, that's, that's our label. Um, where are the books? And what we learned was that the packaging we were using was good for one book, but for two books, it just it didn't handle what the post office was doing. And there was a lesson there. Did we beat ourselves up over it? Well, 
yeah, because they said some very mean things to us. But ultimately, you have to look at feedback dispassionately. And I think that's a big part of kind of not necessarily you don't want to embrace failure as a as kind of a mantra because that's completely self-defeating. But I think you want to embrace it as an opportunity to grow. And if you make the if you make the little mistakes early on, you don't have to make them much later and much larger. So now, if you think about it, when we package books, we we've took that one mistake and we have prevented that one mistake from happening hundreds of times since. So it's not like we never learned our lesson and that mistake continues to propagate. It's we learned our lesson, we figured out what was going on. Is it there's a difference between fault and responsibility. Was it our fault? No, we used adequate we used what we felt was more than adequate, you know, shipping material to to ship two books. Were we responsible? Yes. So, if you can separate the two, I think it will really help you start to attack what's what's not working for you. Don't take it personally and then say what can I do to make this better? Did I skip some steps? Was somebody tired? Really ask those questions. They talk in, in continuous improvement. They talk about the five whys. Let's get down to the real root cause because it's easy to say, oh, well, someone messed up, but why did they mess up? Or why was this the wrong material? Or, you know, what happened? If you can take the time to ask those questions, you will be much more productive and you will be much, you'll be able to, You'll be able to really understand your process better because to understand a process, you have to understand what's what goes wrong. I mean, there's a bunch of charts and all sorts of stuff that you can do, but ultimately, if, if you're just a small business, you, you don't have the time for that. You don't have the time to bring in the consultants. Go, I mean, flip charts alone are going to just bankrupt you, but if you just take a couple moments to figure out what's going wrong, ask yourself what really went wrong. You know, you, you can't just say, oh, well, you know, they messed up. That, no. Stop and figure out why did they mess up. Did they have the right tools? Did they have the right training? Did they have the right materials? You can't, you can't expect someone to go out and do a stellar lawn service if all the blades are dull. Because then you're going to have customers complaining, well, my, my grass looks horrible, and you're going to say, oh, well, we don't know what's going on. You have to take the time to figure out, okay, does the person know what they're doing? Is our equipment great? Oh, okay, the person does know what they're doing, but we took a look at the blades and they don't look good. Now you've understood what's going, what's gone wrong. Now you need to say, how can we stop this from happening again? And you have to be able to write stuff down and you have to be able to say, okay, this is what we've learned in our great kind of notebook of knowledge. This is where things went wrong. This is how we fix them. If you can do that, if you can get beyond yourself, get beyond your ego, get beyond all of those things as a business owner, you will absolutely start to see more success in what you're doing on the day-to-day. Again, you cannot take it personally. We as business owners, especially small business owners, there's so much of our heart and our soul and passion in what we do that, yes, when you get that one-star review, you are going to take it personally. But you also have to remember that no matter what you do, no matter how perfect it is, there will always be people who are not happy with what you have done. 
And again, some of it may be perspective. Some of it may be that, you know, with some form of fancy math, you just don't see eye to eye, which I guess is also perspective. It could just be that they don't like it. If you think about it like food, you could be the best chef in the world by some objective measure, and people still don't like your food. I mean, look, I think I think Funyuns are disgusting, yet they still make Funyuns. Does Funyuns, does Funyuns care what I think? Does Funyuns Central care? No, they don't. But ultimately... That's just an it's just an opinion. It's not a failure on anybody's part. There's nothing to kind of diagnose. There is some sort of personal taste there. Now, if I ate some other snack chip and I ended up with some metal shavings and cut my mouth all to pieces, there's a failure. There's something that you can kind of root out in there. So the key, I think the key is figuring out what you can control, what you can't. And then also understanding that not taking it personally is a big part of it. Even if you have your heart and your soul and everything else plugged into what's going on, get past the get past the personal and just, and and tell yourself, look, we are going to get to the bottom of this. Not only for the fact that yes, you may keep a customer by making it right, but if they come back and see that you've learned from your mistake, you might have a long-term customer now simply because they feel like they have contributed to, to some measure of success of your brand. Early on, we, for some reason, when we had T-shirts, and we're talking hundreds of T-shirts, we just kind of kept them separated in bins, and we didn't put label stickers on them. And it took one order for us to real one misshipped order for us to realize, oh, hey, this shirt can fall into this bin, so we need to put label stickers on every single shirt so that we can figure out after they're folded and after they're polybag, we can figure out exactly what size it is because sometimes shirts fall in other bins. And that was, for us, a $20 mistake. And for $20, we can buy several hundred sticker labels so that we can make sure that everything is labeled with the correct size. So, yeah, that $20 in the moment, it was like, oh, I cannot believe it. But ultimately, the question was, was this preventable? Yes. Had we sat and thought about it beforehand? Had we looked at best practices? What's everyone else doing? Well, if I order this from you know this company, how does it arrive? There's, there's a lot of growth that can happen if you step away dispassionately and decide, you know what, I want to figure out what went wrong, and I want to embrace it. And I want to be better for it because I'm here to tell you, no matter the best laid plans, no matter what you've done or no matter what you've laid down, there's going to at some point be something that doesn't work. Something's not going to work. Some plug's not going to work. Some this is not going to work. Some that is not going to work. Something's going to be late. Something's going to be too big. Something's going to be too small. Take that moment. Separate yourself from it personally and figure out how you're going to improve. Trust me, it makes life so much easier. And I'm not going to tell you that I'm just so much better and I'm completely this robot that that doesn't care what, you know, doesn't care about feedback. That's not it at all. I take it seriously, but I look for things that are objective. I look for ways that we can objectively improve. If somebody says my shirt is too small, 
And I go in, I have to start the investigation. I have to say, okay, did they order the right size? Did they look at the sizing chart? Okay, it's the okay. Can we get the shirt back? Can we take a look at it? Can we compensate you for your time and effort? Is it an issue? Did the shirt shrink? Did they put the wrong did they put it in the wrong in you know in the wrong temperature? You know, these you have to ask questions to figure out what's going on. And it's not comfortable. It's not it's never easy when someone complains about a garment that we sell. For the, when they say something is wrong for me to be like, well, can I get some more information? Because you might, you're going to run into two types of people. We found in, in, in all of our experience, you run into people that are invested in the brand and generally have, genuinely have a genuine complaint and they want to help because they want to be part of the story. And then you just have jerks. You have people that say, oh, well, this isn't as soft as I wanted it to be and I want a refund. You can't take that personally. Even if you feel that this is the softest shirt on the market and you have the you have the the, the all the science to prove it, well, all of its competitors in the price bracket, we did a softness test and this is the softest one on the market. Your, your client doesn't care. You need to focus on what you can focus on. Fo- focus on what you can change. Focus on what you can improve. Opinions, you can't, and especially in the modern era, you can't really change opinions. What you can do is you can focus on the objective things that are wrong, the objective things that don't meet the customer's expectation, and then you can focus on those. And sometimes it is, you know, like, hey, I'm sorry, can you know, I'm sorry that worked out, that didn't work out the way you wanted to. Can we get that back? Because we want to, we want to do better. And if you can do that, we found that our customer base is generally more than happy to help because they feel like they've contributed something. And again, we still run into the occasional jerk, and you can't stop that. But what you can do is you can embrace the opportunity to improve. So I just wanted to give you that today on, you know, for what it's worth on a Friday afternoon. So you can think about, you know, how can I do better every single day? And how can I face all of the challenges and things that just go completely off the rails? And how can I grow from them? So as always, I'm Jason. Thank you so much for listening. And remember that smallest box possible uh, mentality and just keep doing what you're doing. If you're you know, thinking about a business, if you're in business, if you're thinking about selling your business and retiring, just do what you do. Try and make every baby steps every day to improve. And thank you so much for listening to the smallest box possible.